Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, Mary, oh my goodness. So it's been a very, very, very long time. Oh my gosh. It feels like I haven't seen you in forever and ever. Well, I haven't, kind of. <laughs> and the other thing is, we were looking back at our notes to see what episode we're even on. I know. <laughs> so welcome to season number four. Yes. And what episode are we actually on? Uh, 107. <gasps> wow. <laughs> when, remember when we did the 100 celebration? Yes, I do remember. Uh, yeah. That felt like... Last year. It was. <laughs> it's and been a know, long time, oh. folks. We have so missed doing this and we, missed talking to you. Okay. We missed it so much that we forgot how to do any kind of setup. <laughs> so thank you to Cameron Lynn, um, yes. the genius yes. that he is, for always giggling behind the scenes while we're trying to remember as he sorts us all out. Yes. he's he. You know... We have now started to tape with him being present because... uh, Well, we have to. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise we could literally be... Well, we have spent a couple hours trying to figure out problems and he just kind of... Now he reaches over and he presses a button. I know. And then we feel kind of stupid. But at the same time, we're like, well... Yes. These are things we don't need to exactly, know. Exactly, exactly. And that's actually really good permission, right? Like yes. there's just stuff I don't need to yes. know. Yes, yes, exactly. How a combustion engine works. I really don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I just want my lawnmower to start. Exactly. Right? Yes. So how has the summer been for you? I have a big question for you because this is something I've been thinking about. Oh. Is, you know, what new insights kind of have you gained about yourself over the summer? Whoa. So I'll share while you think, because I know I put you on the spot. Yeah. So listeners, what new insights have you learned about yourself, gained about yourself? Good or bad, doesn't Mm. matter. Or maybe they're delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things, we had a situation happen in the very, very beginning of the summer, Mm. as the summer was kicking off. Um, I can't speak to it at the moment, but it put our summer kind of on this big pause. Yeah. And um, it was a summer kind of, of recovery, recuperation. And there wasn't a lot of doing. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of kind of sitting mm. and resting. Mm-hmm. And that was both hard and good. Mm. And what I learned about myself, this, mm. now I knew this before, but when you're put, you know, in the pressure cooker mm-hmm. or taken out of the pressure cooker, as it would be, I learned how much of my body and mm. my mind are so busy with stuff and doing mm. that even when I think I'm resting, I'm not really resting. Right. And so this rest was very difficult to begin with, Mm. but it became um, accepted by me Mm. and I kind of embraced it. Mm -hmm. Did I love it? No. Well, I would say as your friend who was tracking with you is absolutely not. No. (laughs) You did not want to pause summer. You had all sorts of exciting plans and things you wanted to do, some of which involved me. So there was disappointment there too. Yeah. And I mean, having gone through COVID over the last number of years, it was kind of like, like, come on, man, it's time to go into, you know, 
third gear real fast yes. and we couldn't yes. do that. Yes. So I learned a lot about myself mm. and I'm going to be still pondering this idea of how much of my action within my brain mm. and within my body, this kinetic, kinesthetic action mm. is useful to me. Mm-hmm. Or am I fooling myself? Because, you know, when you get still, Mm. wow, you really have to be with yourself. Yes. Hmm. You're so right. So it's just easy to go and pull out weeds or do something. Distract yourself. Distract yourself. I mean, we ended last season talking about the seven kinds of rest. And here we are talking (laughs) about how we were forced to rest, but um, it wasn't as pretty as we thought it would be. No, it wasn't pretty at all. So a lot of insight gained. Mm. would I want to do it over? Of course not. Yeah. Are Were there some, you know, great learnings from it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like any kind of trial, you know, or tribulation that comes into our life. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still not through it. So on the other side of it, it'll mm-hmm. be, I'll be more reflective mm-hmm. and open about it. But, you know, it's been, it's been a summer. Yeah. And we've actually been. deemed next summer our mulligan. You know, in <laughs> yes. golf, a mulligan is a deal yes. over. So next summer is going to be the mulligan summer. So yes. Brace yourself. I am with you for that. <laughs> it's, what about you? It, well, it's as you're talking about this whole thing about rest, I realize that that would be uh, a good description of my summer as well. Although in my case, it wasn't because I had an uh, interruption, it was uh, intentional. Uh, but what happened to me in that time of rest is that it created so much space Mm. that I was more attentive in a good way and in a bad way to stuff that was going on inside of me. So in a good way, in the sense that I was able to track more of my triggers and how I was responding and what was learning about myself, but in a bad way, it's painful. It is. It's painful to experience sides of yourself you didn't realize was there or you kind of knew intellectually was there until the situation happened. So or you minimized them. Or I minimized them. Right. Like I do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of like there wasn't like any big moments, but there was a lot of quiet moments where something would happen and I'd be like, huh. Hmm. I didn't realize that I was responding this way out of so much anxiety about the situation. And because you have shared so openly about the shame that you carry, mm. did it create shame for you in some in some of those instances? Uh, well, absolutely. But yeah. the, but back to when I have the space, my awareness of my shame is so much faster. Mm. So I'm not feeling as controlled by it. I'm able to process good. it more quickly, kind of move through the shame tunnel a lot faster. Oh, that's good. So that's what I mean. There were some good things that came out of it. And, you know, I am, this is our first, um, like we moved last June yes. uh, into our place here uh, in <clears throat> the county. And this was sort of like that summer was just getting adjusted and sorted out and connecting and, you know, finding a church and different things like that. And then, so this summer was one that we're now kind of into our new life. And that's exciting. But it's also a big transition. It's a big transition. And I still am trying to figure out how do I manage my relationships um, back where I used to live, close to you. Yep. <laughs> and um, new relationships. And even how do I do my work? I mean, there's lots of those, those things. So I... I, I needed to take the space. Now, in the past, I would have just frenetically jumped in and tried to join this and join that and, you know, start to build this in my business and whatnot. And I chose not to. And that came at some cost because 
there was anxiety. Yeah. That I had to face about all these things. Yeah. And my anxiety was, um, my anxiety was driven by the, un, you know, being unplugged. Yeah. And this forced kind of recuperation. Mm-hmm. So, but it was also, um, there was no forcing it. Like mm-hmm. there was no forcing the process to move faster. No. It just had to unfold as it unfolded. Yeah. And will still unfold. Mm-hmm. So there was anxiety about the amount of time mm. that we were going to be in this holding pattern. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my experience with anxiety has been distress. Yeah. And you stress. Mm. Tell right? us more. So distress is, you know, the thing that happens to you or Mm. um, something comes up and it causes your body to go into distress mode. So that definitely happened. Yeah. And the eustress is stress that is helpful to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And my body needed to rest. Mm. Yeah. And my body needed like timeouts. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was able to see it. Even though it's still um, not pretty, mm-hmm. I was able to see the good mm-hmm. and the growth in it. Mm-hmm. And I was able to understand myself a little bit better. And you know what? Isn't that what it's all about? Like, yeah. as we age, we're still learning about ourselves. Yeah. And when you can move through that shame tunnel pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you don't stay stuck there. Mm-hmm. And you can go, you know what? That's okay. Like, I'm at this age. Yeah. I'm still experiencing life. Life is still happening. Mm-hmm. Life will continue to happen mm-hmm. and unfold as it does. Yeah. And I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Well, that's a really good segue into talking about this coming season. Yeah. Um, season four. We are super excited for it. Um, if you think we've been transparent before, <laughs> watch out. We're going to be even more transparent which scares the pants off me. I know. <laughs> I was going to say the knickers, but I, I don't say, know if the bejeebies. understand the word of knick- knickers, but the, anyway, you know. The beje- bejeebies. You're not even supposed to say that word. <laughs> okay. okay. What well, I'm saying it. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Okay. Say that. I'm so free. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, Stella and Lucy are going to show up. And for those who are new to our podcast, those are our lab rats. <laughs> as we experiment on ourselves and each other, uh, because a lot of times we're going to ask each other questions that we haven't prepared each other for. Like this morning. <laughs> like this morning. She's like, what? In point. Talk about my summer? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as always, we're going to be talking uh, deeply about growth and insight. But I wanted to start off with this devotional that I read uh, by Bob Goff. Love Bob Goff. Yeah, he's such an encourager, eh? He's the guy who puts his cell phone number at the end of every one of his books. So you could literally text him if you wanted to, and he will actually respond. So I've He's a delightful about, human being. He is. So in this devotional, um, he start, the topic, the, the title is, We're All Deeply Flawed and Even More Deeply Loved by God. And he's talking about how most of us who are um, evangelical Christians have sat through services where the speaker makes sure that every person in the pew knows they're a sinner. <laughs> I mean, I was raised in the hell and damnation uh, era. We, and so we, we were worms, man. 
well, they called it the Turner Burn preaching, right? Yes. Hellfire yes. brimstone. Yeah, yeah. So our perception of God as an angry dad who was sort of like, oh my gosh, oh I don't know why I brought them in this world. We might have to smite them, get rid of them because they're so bad. Yeah. And so it just reinforces what we already know is that we're far from perfect. And uh, Bob Goff is talking about how we live with loads of guilt as a result. And we know we miss the mark again and again. And here we are doing this podcast that's always about growth. Well, growth comes in acknowledging where we miss the mark and doing better the next time around. So we have to really wrestle with um, not having that self-awareness be mired in condemnation and shame. So he goes on to say, what we need to hear more than anything else is that God sees all our flaws and he couldn't possibly love us more. Oh. God knew we were bound to blow it. So he sent Jesus to take care of this inescapable problem for us. We need to hear God loves us so much that he's given us a new identity. We aren't our successes or failures. We are his. So I was thinking about that and how if we can't root ourselves in our belovedness and in God's grace, then we can't do the work. We can't be brave to do the change that we have to do. Love is what makes us brave. Like knowing we're loved is what makes us brave to realize that in our true selves, we're really worth fighting for. Yeah. It's never too late. In fact, can you repeat with me? I am not giving up on me. Okay, let's say that together. Yes. I, I am not, not giving up, up on, on me. me. It's never too late, people. It's never too late. Yes. And... My goodness, mm. I see people that are, you know, 10, 20 years older than me. Mm. And you can tell in an instant the ones that have given up on themselves yes. and the ones that are still oh. growing and dragon boating yes. and like learning about themselves mm -hmm. and becoming more them. Yeah. Who they were meant to be. Right. Yes. So those, you, you, the listeners, you are, are wonderful people because yeah. you're only listening to us because you also want to do this growth. That's right. I know that. I, we get so much feedback on how this episode or that episode really made you think and it, and it was so helpful. And oh, we love that. We love that you're on this journey with us. So please, all of you, if you are listening, I hope you all said I'm not giving up on me because this is going to be a deep dive of a season because we are going to um, go further into uh, about insight. So we're going to be using the book Insight, uh, which we've referred to last season. Uh, mm -hmm. If you remember, we talked about, um, you know, the question of how self-aware are we? And uh, <laughs> we learned that we're in the bucket with the rest of the 90% uh, of apparently. people that self-aware. Yes. yes. So the uh, author, Tasha Urich, um, she does a lot of social science studies, and she discovered that only 10 to 15% of us have true self-awareness. Which is such a scary number. And <laughs> all of us think that we're the 10 to 15%. Yes. Which is hysterical to me. I know. Because we automatically think, well, well I'm, I'm, the, I'm <laughs> clearly in the 10 to 15%. <laughs> I know. But then when you and I did the questionnaire. Oh. I know. Which we'll put a link to at some point. We're not going to do it at the front end because we want to do some more unpacking before we get to that place. Yes, please. So we're going to use that book sort of as our um, 
bit of a guidepost as we go along, but we're going to also talk about the experiences that shape us, our family of origin, the hurts we experience along the way, all the things that have shaped our faulty filters for us and then the defense mechanisms that we develop along the way. And this will be very Enneagramic type of language because we talk a lot about that, our blind spots, our anxieties and fears and our defense mechanisms. You know, the interesting thing, just saying that is we all have these faulty filters. Yes. And we all have these defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. as a result. Yes. And like, you know, we're still learning mm-hmm. and me learning about how busy I am mm. is a defense mechanism Absolutely. to a faulty filter yeah. that I can unpack. I mean, I can go back and figure that out, mm-hmm. but... Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> how much am I paying you for this session? <laughs> um, no, I don't want you to tell me. Okay. I'm not ready for this, okay? okay? Stella needs time. Okay. She really does. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, really, one of the things I heard mm. growing up, mm-hmm. and I shared this with one of my people I was coaching yesterday, was like idle hands of the devil's workshop. Exactly. Like if you're not doing something, then you're going to get into mischief mm-hmm. and trouble mm-hmm. and, you know, that finger pointing mm-hmm. hellfire brimstone mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is, that's the faultiest filter going around. Yeah. Faultiest filter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're digressing. We're digressing. But but we all have faulty filters and we all have defense Sorry. mechanisms. I, and, <laughs> I know. I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> we all have them. Mm-hmm. So we're all in that place and actually learning what our faulty filters are and our defense mechanisms leads us to more self-awareness. Exactly. Yeah. Which is the goal. Yeah. And by the way, our digression, (laughs) I'm reading a book now about how our brain as we age happens. Apparently as we're older, we're more distractible. So that's why we have all these digressions. Well, you sent me the article and I didn't even open it because I didn't want to know. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just, let's um, get a brief overview of the book Insight. Great. Uh, It's a fantastic book. So, so good. If you're at all interested in I'm doing a deep dive into self-awareness. This is, and this and is it is book. one of the most accessible books from yeah. a research standpoint. Yeah, it sure so, is. So um, I got mine through Kindle mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like it really is accessible. It's yeah. not heady theoretical language. Um, it's really broken down well, so you will love it. And then they actually have a Facebook group you can join. Yeah. Uh, they have, uh, they, you can reach out to um, the writer and she or her assistant will send out a work, a free work, workbook that you can use. So love lots it. of great material and all that. I love people like that who yeah. are so generous with mm-hmm. their resources. Yeah. So some of the research that she um, talks about, there's uh, research that people who know themselves uh, and how others see them uh, are happier and they're, they make better decisions uh, personally and professionally. They raise more mature children. They're better students. They choose better careers. Like they're more, like there's just so much data about how self-awareness is linked to a better life, better relationships. But then on the flip side, Here's a statistic that just like, oh my gosh, senior executives who lack self-awareness are 600% more likely to derail 
which can cost companies a staggering $50 million per executive. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, what I, that blows my mind because it's huge numbers, 600% and 50 million. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what is the cost to us as individuals on our marriages, Mm -hmm. our relationships, our families and future generations, Mm -hmm. if we do not deal with this lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's time. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving up on me, so there's time to work on it. Yeah, there is. That's exactly it. So, um, Jillian, maybe you can give us a little bit of uh, insight about why people are only 10 to 15% self-aware based on her research. Well, you just put me on the spot. Okay, sorry. See, this is, we're totally winging this. We are. Maybe you can fill me in because, <laughs> oh, well, I think that for a lot of us, uh, we we don't spend the time to get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in coaching, one of the things I ask people are, what are your top three values? Right. And a lot of times I get radio silence back. Exactly. Crickets. Yep. What are your deepest longings? Mm-hmm. Crickets. Right. Um, so we... There's fear. Mm-hmm. Fear will hold us back. Mm-hmm. Um, not <laughs> the other thing that will hold us back is a, f- a not necessarily a failure to thrive, like mm-hmm. in our professions or our marriages or whatever, but it's this fear of success, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if I really know myself and then I do the things and I get successful. Will I look like a poser, a faker, because my past looks like that? Wow. Right? So you're talking like about the imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. So I think... And then the pressure to perform over and over again and excel even more at each level. So this idea that do I even know what I value? Hmm. Do I know my longings? Mm -hmm. And do I know where my passions lie and where I could soar and not be embarrassed about that. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing too, I think as you age is it's too late for me. Mm-hmm. It's um, why bother? Mm-hmm. I've made it this far. Yeah. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. We hear this all the time through the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just an Enneagram 8. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. excludes me from any kind of growth. Yeah. Any kind of self-development. Well, I appreciate what you <clears throat> shared, what you're talking about with values and passions and all that. Because a lot of times when people think about self-awareness, they think it just means personality type. Yeah. Oh, I know I'm an eight, so this is the way I act in this situation, and I tend to be this way and that way, and period, and that's it for self-awareness. So, But like you said, self-awareness has this deep inner knowing of our core values and our passions and our uh, aspirations, all of those things. Um, and then the other thing that uh, this book talks about, which is another big piece of the missing puzzle, is external self-awareness. Oh, what yes. you were talking about was all the internal self-awareness, but the external self-awareness is how other people experience me. Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> and that is where most people don't have awareness. And in in the book, she talks about uh, an executive mm-hmm. and the way like... The way he thinks he's leading Mm -hmm. and the way he's actually leading, and it's so far apart. Right, right. And he has this, you know, moment of reckoning Mm -hmm. where he is in denial and then quickly moves Mm -hmm. to 
acknowledging the truth about how people see him exactly. and how it turns things around yeah. for everyone. Yes. And I think the, was his name Steve? And they're like, what happened to Steve? Like, yeah. who is this new Steve? Exactly. Because it made such an impression on his uh, employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes, can that be a scary thing, Mary, where all of a sudden you show up as the new self-aware person knowing how you present and people go, who's the new Mary? Yeah. Well, for sure. Like, it's almost like you need to go to a new environment and start all over yeah. again. Move to the county and start all over again. <laughs> you know? That's why Mary and Peter moved to the county. Exactly. <laughs> yes, because I get to start from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm more aware of how people perceive me. Yes. So that's a big part. Of it. And we'll talk way more about this. We're just kind of giving you a high level. And then the high level is she goes into the seven pillars of insight. Yeah. Um, and just really quickly, um, we'll just kind of run through them so that you know kind of where we're headed. So do you want to take it from here? Sure. So the seven pillars of insight, and we've touched on a few of them, um, and core, the number one, values, mm-hmm. they're the principles that guide us. Mm. Passions, yeah, what we love to do, mm-hmm. what makes us come alive. Aspirations, what we want to experience and achieve. Mm. Fit, yeah. which is the environment we require to be happy, energized, and engaged. See, that's something that often people don't think about. Just and and people get stuck in yes, very very bad environments. Oh. Yeah, a patterns. Mm. So consistent ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving. Yeah, and we know for change. Yes, patterns have to be part of that. Yeah, so that's what keeps us on track. Mm-hmm. Reactions, mm. the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that reveal our strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and the last one, but not least of all, is the impact, mm. the effect we have on others. Yeah, and I would say that we all uh, are, are growing in these seven areas, and some better than others. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we're going to uh, unpack that because if we don't understand why we do what we do then we aren't going to be able to change our reactions and behaviors. No. It, it, you know, um, when I was talking to uh, a friend the other day, I was trying to challenge her on things that behaviorally she does. But until she was able to see why she did it, she would like shift in that behavior. But then after a time, she'd go back to old patterns. And right. it was because she didn't really tie in what was actually happening underlying it. So that conversation that we had where she was starting to tie it into why she did that, that was like this, oh, and so that there was this awareness every time she would go to do that behavior, she'd stop and go, what was actually causing me to want to do this thing? You know, that is so key. Um, That's so key for the seven pillars, Mm -hmm. but it's so key for the patterns. Yes. Because if you can break that pattern, mm-hmm. interrupt it, mm-hmm. so that you understand why you know, the behavior that's coming next yeah. out of it, yeah. you can interrupt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You can do better. That's the thing. So remember, um, and I've talked about this before, we've chatted about this at length, but the whole process of uh, personal growth is 
starts with insight yes. and knowledge. So yes, listen to podcasts, you know, read books, um, think, you know, ask friends for feedback, like get that insight and knowledge. So important. But insight means absolutely nothing unless it leads to change behavior and wisdom that comes out of that. Like, okay, I know that this is not helpful if I do this, I have to do this other thing. But wisdom is not even enough because the actions for it to become transformative has to be repeated over and over and over again. Like, and it's slow. It's growth. so slow. And you're going to have backwards moments. I, if I were to change a simple habit, like uh, stop craving coffee in the morning. Don't. Okay, well, get Wash behind your mouth these things. <laughs> yeah. Wash your mouth out with soap. So to change a simple habit, they say it takes approximately three months. Well, imagine trying to change yourself. Imagine trying to change your old self. That's right. So so we've got grooves, man, in our brain, and we just can't help but going back into those old patterns. So self-awareness and insight leads to change actions, but the actions have to repeat it again and again and again before it becomes uh, where we're truly transformed, becomes part of our inner character, becomes a part of who we are. So that's and, the goal. And, you know, it, it triggers a thought with me, within me, mm. the, this whole idea, I'm not giving up on me, okay? We've said that in the yep. very beginning. In the research regarding people who try to quit smoking, mm-hmm. it's the research points to people not being able to just necessarily be successful the first time. Mm. They have multiple attempts at quitting, trying to quit smoking before they're actually successful. Right. And the thing that differentiates mm. is the person's willingness to try again. Right. To not give up on themselves and go, yes. well, I guess I'm a smoker for life. Yes. But to have multiple attempts and mm. try multiple times when they're ready mm-hmm. to quit. Right. And it's the same really with anything that's right. ingrained. Yeah. And so that goes back to the grace that we need to yeah. have for ourselves. Um, in fact, <laughs> devotional that I was thinking about reading was um, from Bob Goff was the day before. And the title is, if you don't like who you've become, head in a new direction. So that's what we're talking about. But then he says, and give yourself some time and grace. Yes. It's that reminder. We need that grace. So I'm super excited by this season. Me too. I can't wait to dive in. Uh, I am going to, like my commitment to you, Jillian, as well as our listeners, is to be brave (sighs) <sighs> to not give up on myself, yes. to be open to feedback and um, to be willing to like dive in deep and, and be transparent you know, about that. Y- you and I, we had uh, some time to catch up before we started this episode and we were both sharing quite deeply about some insights that we had over the summer mm-hmm. and some decisions that we've made. Yes. And we're not at this point ready to share those because, you know, there's there's intimate things that we mm-hmm. need to process on our own mm-hmm. away from a, uh, a microphone. Mm-hmm. But you'll probably hear about them in the future. <laughs> yes. But, but that's our commitment. Yes, I agree. And so um, as we start the season, we're going to actually start with um, talking about how uh, why we do what we do, how much of it is actually influenced by the way we were raised, our family of origin, um, our experiences growing up. And I know many of you might kind of go, well, I can't really control that. I want to move on. This is holding me back. But it's such, such important work to go back and understand 
the experiences that shaped us, our family systems, uh, all of those, because it absolutely impacts mm. the way that you operate today. Yeah. And in fact, I would uh, even go so far as to say that if you don't deal with the stuff from your past, um, it is controlling you today. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do uh, the next three uh, episodes, a three-part series on something called uh, family systems theory. And we're not going to go in in depth in it because it's a highly theoretical psychological concept uh, but there's so many beautiful gems in it and so we're gonna um, share some of the concepts as it relates to the work we're gonna mm-hmm. be doing here in this season and Julie and I are going to share from our personal experiences on each of those things right. and then we're gonna be um, asking you questions to think about uh, yeah. to help you process the same concepts. Sounds and, good? And you know what, listeners? I'll be in the same boat that you're in because mm. um, I know at the beginning of our next episode, I'll share some thoughts I have about this family systems theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll grab a coffee together and we'll talk about that. Yes. Um, but out of this podcast episode, um, Mary, the one question I would ask our listeners to ponder and journal would be, what have you given up on yourself? Hmm. Like if we're saying I'm not giving up on me, what are some of the things that we've given up on? Whoa. That's a great question. Now I'm already thinking. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, would you have a question that you can throw out to the listeners to journal as we get before we even get into the family systems theory? I would say um, as you were listening to this episode, um, and maybe you need to go back and listen to it. What was happening inside your body, your mind, and your emotions mm. in a good way or in a bad way? Uh, any anxieties that might have come forward? Any hesitation? Any sort of like, yeah, but? Uh, any sort of um, cynicism? Mm. Any of that? Like, just be aware of what could hold you back from going into this journey with us. Oh, that's a good one because that goes right into the reactions. That's the right. Pillars, right. That's right. And you don't have to solve it, people. No. Like, honestly, please don't try because uh, like, we're all a work in progress. But if we can at least identify, and you don't even have to come up with pretty words for it. It might just be that you feel icky. Use icky. Just so that there's this level of, okay, there is resistance I'm sensing inside of me. What is it about? I'm not sure. But yeah. let's let's move forward and un- try to understand it. Sounds, Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Excellent. Well, thanks for tuning in to our very first episode of season four. Can't believe we're in season four already, and we're looking really forward to diving into family system theory in the next episode. So stay tuned. See you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.